we go to Romans, Romans 8, 17, and it says here, and if my children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. It goes that co-heir thing again, right? Knowing that God, at one point, the labels that we had were heathen. In my book, I was a heathen, a crook, a person that, that was not trustworthy, angered, depressed. And then God gets a hold of me and changes me to being forgiven, a child of God, being complete, being saved. And most of all, knowing that I have Christ in me and I have a relationship with him. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you once again for this wonderful and blessed day you've given us, Lord. And uh, we just thank you for this word that you gave this morning at 545 this morning. I know you you shared this word with me last night, Lord Father God, as I prayed. Uh, and I just pray, Lord Father God, that the, the words that are spoken through this vessel, Lord Father God, will reach those by the multitudes, Lord, and they can take it home and take it to other brothers and mothers and sisters and, and just friends that it will permeate their hearts, Lord Father God, to let them know who they are in Christ, Lord Father God. So Lord, I just thank you for this day, Lord Father God, as we give you first fruits. We ask, Lord Father God, that you anoint this podcast, this, this time together, Lord Father God, as we share and digest what you have for us today. We thank you in your son's name we pray. Amen. <laughs> as I was getting this word prepared last night, God is so good. Sometimes we we take for granted what God tells us who we are, and we grow up being called different labels. I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm a doctor. I'm a banker. When these days, I'm a, I'm non-binary. He, they, them, them, she. I don't even know any, any of those pronouns, but it's we're labeled this way. So I, I wrote something last night that, and see what the Lord would say about us, because it says in His Word that we're more than that, and this is what I got. You do what you are, but who does God say that you are? You are what you do, right? Think of how we label people. I am a father. I am a teacher. I'm a pastor. I'm a doctor. I'm a banker. Most of the time, we stop right there, calling on stereotypes to inform people of who they're talking to. My brother-in-law was a soldier. He was, is, and will always be a soldier. My eight-year-old daughter asked him if his army shirt ever gets dirty. She never sees him wear another one or anything else. He took her to his closet and showed her 10 clean ones, just like the one he had on. It's his identity. The identity label is empty when you're younger. When you haven't done anything yet, you're a high schooler, teenager, 
kid, college student. None of these tell anything about who we're talking to. More importantly, these labels don't tell their wearers anything about themselves. We want an individual identity, not a demographic category. Maybe the answer comes from figuring out who we are, grasping who God has already made us to be. Informs us about what he's calling us to do. Maybe our our destiny begins with our design. We should live with the labels God has given us, adopted, forgiven, child of God, redeemed, saved, complete, co-heir of the throne. That's a good one right there. (laughs) Let's lose the labels. Say that last one again. Co-heir of the throne. Oh, heir of the throne. Okay. Let's lose the labels of who we were before Christ. You're no longer a sinner, a liar, or a cheat. You are forgiven, redeemed, adopted, loved, and accepted. We go to Romans, Romans 8, 17, and it says here, and if my children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. It goes that co-heir thing again, right? Knowing that God, at one point, the labels that we had were heathen. In my book, I was a heathen, a crook, a person that, that was not trustworthy, angered, depressed. And then God gets a hold of me and changes me to being forgiven, a child of God, being complete, being saved. And most of all, knowing that I have Christ in me and I have a relationship with him, I'm a co-heir of the throne, right? I like what it says in Deuteronomy 32.10, God says, you are the apple of his eye. Isn't that awesome? Galatians 3 9, you're blessed and chosen. Our identity in Christ is part of accepting his gift of eternal life through faith. The question we have here what does God say about you? And how do you know? Patrick, tell me, what does God say about you? And then what does he, after he says that, how do you know? I'll throw that question to you as well, to Dennis. Uh, How do you know? I know because it's in the word. Mm -hmm. That's where I go to, to seek that, what God is saying to me. I also go to prayer and sometimes the self-talk that goes on on in my head, I can't say that I've ever personally heard a voice that was distinct come to me that I would know was from God. But sometimes these thoughts would come to me that certainly didn't, they were counter to how I'd been thinking before. And, but they also lined up with the word of God. And that's mm-hmm. how I would say that I hear from God and in, in through prayer. The 
you gave some, some examples in, in, in what you shared with us, where, where the word says that we are a chosen people, a people set apart, that we are loved, that we are forgiven. So that's how I, that's where I go to seek my identity through Christ. It also comes and boils down to know, knowing that what God shares with you, we have this thing that I do, and all of us should do. We have that quiet time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Going to our, in, in the word it says, into <clears throat> what you call it, a altar. We go to the altar and we seek God and we get our answers from him there. In our day and age, I could be anywhere. That could be in the closet. That could be in the car. That could be a time that you rest upon the Lord. You have that one-on-one time, and he shares with you. And plenty of times when I go into my closet, I'm lavishing on my father as if I have spiritual frankincense pouring over him. And he lavishes me with telling me who I am in in him. And uh, it's a wonderful thing to have because you get I learned how to get that from a brother of mine named Dave Sherman. And that was a very critical time in my life. And and as I was changing, I was like, man, how do I get to the, the, the information that I need from the Lord? We say, it says in God's word, you have not because you ask not. All you had to do is speak. And having a relationship is having that one-on-one with God every week, every minute of the day, um, just asking him to guide you. And and I find it most of the time he tells me when I'm having a, a day like like I did yesterday, my refrigerator went out and all my food got ruined. <laughs> I got to get a new refrigerator today and then I have to sit there. You know, my wife is not happy and I'm not happy with Mother's Day. There's no way to get a, a, a refrigerator on, the, on that particular day because things are closed. It's late and I want to get one used and, and you're just sitting there, man, I feel like a failure. I can't get anything today. When the guy says, no, everything was fine. Don't worry about it. So what, what happens? Of course, my freezer's out and, and the refrigerator is just a tad bit cool, just a tad bit enough to keep some of the things cold. And I'm like, thank you, Lord, because it looks like completely gone. And he says, man, don't worry, I got you. Be happy today. You're my son. I'm going to take care of you today. I, I, I got things for you tomorrow. Don't worry about it. And then, of course, Patrick hit me with that yesterday. Hey, why don't you host the host the show tomorrow? I'm like thinking to myself, ah, I really don't want to, but all right, I'll do it anyway. But I, hey, saw, you I saw your face when I said it. You were just like, Negro. <laughs> <laughs> you was for real, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it was. It was. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it because that's what God wants. He 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 saw yesterday. You know what? No matter what, that, like I said, that that verse comes to me all the time now, man. And, and brothers and sisters, counter that all joy through all trials you go through in James. And it doesn't matter what it is, man. Give praise to God in the midst of that. And I find myself when I when that when I do that, man, I'm much happier, regardless of what's going on around me. And the thing is, people don't know unless I say something, because Patrick knows when I see I'm always have with a smile. What's up? And I'm on. Like literally I'm firing and Saturday, I didn't go to work Saturday night because the Holy Spirit told me you need to stay home. And usually I go go make that money. I'm like, I gotta go make that money because inflation and all the things that are going on in this world right now, you feel like you're not a provider. That that label, you, you don't feel like you're a provider. But then again, God says, I'm your provider. 
Don't worry about those things. I got you. Just seek me. Don't give yourself uh, an aneurysm thinking that you have to get this and you have to get that. Just trust in me. And uh, my wife was like, you you shouldn't go out because it was a long day. I had uh, Patrick tell me we went to a daddy and daughter ball. Went over there with my eight-year-old and my eight-year-old didn't even give me a breath, man. She just had me there dance like a fool on the gymnasium floor. I'm like, <laughs> Where'd this child get all this energy from, man? <laughs> Brother, I, when you came back and you were just sweating, I was dying inside. I saw you out there about the break dance. You was out there. But you know what? The coolest thing, man, was just seeing her face, man. Like, you were like a god to that girl, man. When you were out there on that floor dancing with her, just looking at her face, looking at you. I was just like, I was laughing. I was just, it was cool, man. Even though you about died. (laughs) I previously got home at three in the morning from Friday night and got up at eight. And I think it was 8.30. And then at 9 o'clock, we started getting everything prepared for the graduation party for the boys. And, and it was just, from there, it was just, whoa. And, uh, and, then, and then I had that thing. It was from, what, 2 to 5. And then my, my wife's friend, some of her friends didn't help her with the thing. So I made a call to action to some of my, my, my people in, at church. And four people stepped up and... Eric came and stood there for most of the time helping. It was an amazing thing to see. And, and even with that, and bring it back to the message that labeling, I didn't even tell people that my pastor was there helping. I just introduced him as Eric. And one of our, one of my, my, my wife's friends, she's Puerto Rican. And she has some hurt from churches. She don't want to deal with church. She don't want to go to church. She, she just don't care. She's one of these, I had to say, we stereotype things all the time. She's liberal. <laughs> and, and the liberal mind thinking is so no common sense there. And, and it was funny to hear that at the end of the party, she tells my wife, she goes, that guy, Eric, who is he? And Aaron said to her, oh, that was our pastor. And she goes, what? That guy was the pastor? No way. He was so common sense down to earth and the whole nine yards. And he was there helping the whole way. And he was the pastor? And, uh, and she was like, yeah, she was like, wow. She was blown away. It opened up an area that she, and she didn't think she would, it would ever open up. And that's how God works, man. Because she had a stereotype of a pastor taking money, not giving a crap about people because she had a bad taste in her mouth. But when she saw somebody that didn't even mention who he was, he was just Eric. And just there serving people, listening to people hear curse. My wife, she, when she's upset, she doesn't care who's around. <laughs> and she let some words fly. And Eric was like, you're doing a great job. He's just edifying people. But just, and she was like, she couldn't believe it. And, and what happens is God put a seed in her in order for her to say something to her friend and say, wow, I am blown away by that. And now she's having a different perspective, a different label of what church really is about. And you know what? That's God right there. There's no other way. Absolutely. So I I praise God for that. But Patrick, what does God say you are? 
I have to go back to what I, I remember this time, especially in my younger years. Let me take my, um, especially in my younger years where I don't know, man, I was a rough, I was, I always listened to what everybody else said about me. So growing up, I was too black in <laughs> an all white school. Or I was too white because I was in a neighborhood with, especially when we moved in certain places, I was too white because I went to a white school, which I had no control over. I was very smart, but people tried to make me feel like I was dumb. And I felt like I was worthless growing up. I could never be good enough for anybody around me and my dad and different things like that. I just never felt like I could ever do anything good or get anything right. And so that played throughout my life for a long time. And, and then like in this, I always felt like I was a, a failure, just the typical things that men go through. But these last three years before all this stuff happened, like before I took my life and stuff like that, man, I felt like a failure. I felt like a things that people did say to me, I internalized all that stuff and I just took it. and especially with my family, my kids, man, it just, the things that they said and stuff like that, after I just, I gave so much to them, I really took that in. Like I was a terrible father. I was a terrible husband. I was terrible youth director and all these other kind of things. And I was just a man that was broken. And when I came confronted with that, with who God was, and in the last two years, the, the journey that me and you have been on, where God started informing me, it took me almost a year to actually, actually, when I started learning who I was in Christ was when I started learning how to walk again. And I would walk on this greenway path. And at first I couldn't walk that far. And, but the, when I, each little session where I got a little bit farther, the Lord would teach me a lesson. And so I remember the first time I went out, it was the first time I was able to really walk. And I was so excited to get out and walk. And I could only do 300 steps at the time, but I had did it early in the morning and I was like, I'm going to go get it. And I didn't get nowhere, man. But there was this big old freaking deer, man. There was this huge deer that was like, that was like standing right there. It was in the woods. This is before they start building everything up out here. And so you, it was just the, the, this deer that was in the woods and I have never seen a deer up, like I've seen deer, but I've never seen them up that close before. And I was so dumbfounded by it because like, I'm a city boy. I come from Jacksonville. I don't, we don't see deer mm -hmm. where I come from. And it was just sitting there and we would just looked at each other. It didn't move. It didn't jump around. And I was just like, and I'm looking and it's just beautiful outside because the spring had just hit. And so the flowers were coming out, the trees were like the vibrant green and all the other kind of stuff, man. And the sun was coming up and God was just like, man, I made all this for you, my son. And I never, ever have thought about me being his son. Like for real being his son, like he made this world for me to be in it specifically. Not for you, not for Dennis, even though he has his own thing with Dennis and his own thing with you. But for me, right. on that journey, on that walk, on my 300 steps, that's what he taught me. 
And then so when that when the verses in the Bible start saying that we are sons and heirs of God, I started to take that seriously because like what there's no rich man that can give you that. That's right. You know what I mean? There was no rich there, there's no amount of money that could have given me that moment because nobody can give you the sun. Nobody can give you the deer. Right. It's all belongs to him. Nobody can give you that greenery, that that smell, that the helping you get through the pain. And then I was going through the part where I was feeling like a failure, and and that's when I started going like the five hundred steps and a thousand steps and stuff like that. And this is like before the second time I, I almost took my life when I was here. It was like maybe two months beforehand, and I was just like just. My ex that called me was just, I was in the car with Eric, actually. And my ex that called me and was just yelling and screaming on the phone. I didn't even know what happened, dude. I was just like, just started accusing me of stuff and just saying that I did all these different things. And I was just like, I was like, I was just like, I was like, Becca, I was like, I'm sorry, I should have said her name. I'll leave that out. But I was like, I can't do this right now. This is not what I want to do. And I was just like, hung up the phone. And... In that moment, I just felt so much like condemnation, like all that junk that I had gotten was starting to come over because I knew there was a lot of things that I did as a man that was messed up, but there was a lot of things I couldn't control because of the state of mind that I was in at that time. Like I had literally broken and I was, I went on that walk that day. I came home, Eric prayed with me and he was just like, He's like, man, he said, the devil is trying to take you out, man. He said, you better not go in that room and go and sit in that room, man. Just go and pray. Mm -hmm. And so I got out the car and the Holy Spirit was like, nope, don't go pray. Go out to the path. And so I went out there on the path. And I start walking the path. And there's this creek. because like, I haven't been able to get to this far. And so I was like, Lord, I was mad walking. So I was able to walk a little further than I usually did. And so I walked to this creek and the verse about walking, sitting by still waters, and it restores your soul. And I, he was like, just sit down, man. Just come sit down. The creek's flowing by, and I'm sitting down. People are running by and whatnot, just, just looking at me all sitting there, just... Mm -hmm. You can probably see the fumes coming off me, man. And he was like, I just remember as clearly, hey, son, what does it matter what anybody says about you? That's right. And I was just like, but Lord, it hurts. Like the things that they're saying is, why does it hurt? He said, are you redeemed? Have I forgiven you? Are, is all that stuff that happened and all those things that you could, the things that you could control and the things that you couldn't control in that under my blood and under my forgiveness? He said, I'm not holding on to it. I threw it as far as the east is from the west. And, and he goes, pick up this rock. And I picked up this rock. He said, throw it in the water. And I threw it in the water. He said, now go find the rock. And I was like, well, I can't do that. <laughs> and so he was like, yeah. So throw that big old rock of whatever you got going on, throw it in the river, man. And I was just like, ah, oh, dang. I started to get these lessons from him. And so what the Lord says about me, man, is that I'm not condemned at all. I'm delivered. I'm not broken. I never was broken in the first place. I was hurting. The devil had me tricked into thinking that I was broken. But I am healed. 
He says a man whose mind is stayed on him can have perfect peace. Right. I, I thought I was so full of chaos, man, in my mind. And the more I started focusing on God, the more peace that I have. And you saw me go through that struggle mm-hmm. of just coming out of chaotic thinking because that's the state of mind that I was in for 10 years, just chaos constantly. And for the first time in my life, I have peace. So he says, you can be a man of peace. God says, you can be the greatest lover that ever walked the earth. That's changed everything in my life because you saw the part, you saw the point where I wanted to like straight up. When I came in there completely just crying, I was just like, I'm about to kill these jokers, boy. Like, yeah, look at these fools. I don't know who these fools are, but I'm about to take every single one of them out. I was about to kill them all, bro. Like, I was, it had gotten to that point. <laughs> you don't even understand, man. Like, something had happened where my daughter had said something crazy to me, man, or crazy about me, man, that after all the suffering and half the reason I ran into that daggum tree is because I stayed when I shouldn't have for her. And... I finally got to this point where I got broken down and I couldn't function correctly. And there was no mercy or grace for me. And mm-hmm. the things that she said, man, it just broke me, man. And for the first time in my life, I hated my daughter. Like I absolutely hated her. And that broke my heart because I didn't know I was capable of that. Mm-hmm. And I was coming the men's group ran into E. He looked at me, took one look at me. He was like, nope. <laughs> he was like, something's wrong, man. We got to pray. And I was, I started pray, praying. Yep. And when I started praying, like, like all those things that, that where the devil just tries to put all that stuff back on you. Every time you take it off, he tries to put it back on you, put it back on you. And he used my daughter to do that. And, and man, I cried, dude. I cried. And then I was like, Lord, I, I don't, I'm like, I'm going to go and just finish this because I can't take dealing with them and this kind of stuff anymore. It just doesn't make, it doesn't, I, there's, after everything I have been through, like, there's no way that they should still be doing this and getting away with it and stuff like that. That's the way I felt. And the Lord changed my prayer in the middle of that and was just like, love them. And I was just like, I like in the middle of that prayer, the Holy Spirit hit me. And my prayer changed from despair and all that kind of stuff. And God was like, I'm going to make you the greatest lover of men that I've ever made you. And I fell in love with my daughter all over again. And my ex and my crazy sons, my son and my mother-in-law that did the things that she did to me and lied and did all this kind of stuff. All the people at church that hurt me, like everybody that ever, I became a lover. And so that's who I am. I'm a lover. Um, I'm redeemed. I am victorious. I am his son. I'm his heir. That's right. I'm his pride. I'm his joy. Beautifully and wonderfully made. Yeah, man. 
All those I'm his good favorite, things, man. I'm his favorite, that's, bro. That's what that's I right. say. I'm his and, favorite, bro. And, and crazy, he crazy the part is, for me, man. The crazy part, <laughs> yeah. The crazy part is that individually, we all are his favorite because he's always working in, 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 in so many different areas of our lives that we like. Wow, God did that for me. And then some other brothers say, God, wow, God did this for me. And then a sister would say, wow, God did this for me. And it's so personal. He's so omniscient that he's everywhere to do the things that he wants for his children. Because we're called heirs to the throne with his son. We spoke about this a long time ago that we get to sit on the right-hand side of God. Think about that. If he says we're called heirs, what are we then? Sitting on the right side of God, the Father. With Jesus, dude, if that doesn't, I don't know, perk your heart up and just make it beat an extra, I don't know what to tell you, man. Just on this message, man, it says that my brother-in-law wears the same shirt, right? He And my daughter asks him, dude, why do you wear the same shirt all the time? And doesn't he get dirty? And he's like, come here, let me take you to the closet real quick. Let me show you something. And takes it to the closet. And he's got 10 other shirts, right? And she's like, these are the same shirts, the same one I got on. That's his identity. Guess what? That's the identity that the world gives him, right? Yeah, he's a soldier, but that's the identity he stays in. He's clothes with that T-shirt of the world of the identity of him being a soldier. But the difference is in God that God puts on his breastplate of righteousness on you. And when he does that, you're righteous. In his eyes, and as you walk in his favor, God's uh, people see that the, the the this thing about you that illuminates, and all of a sudden you're a son of God. You're righteous. You you're redeemed. You're saved. You're his pupil. You're his you're his loved one. You're his favorite. We throughout our journey, and me and you, Patrick, we throughout our journey, we go through different phases, right? But then God says. I know who you are. You know yeah. who you are? You know who you are? He goes, yeah. We've had to remind each you. other several times. Yeah. He goes, I'm going to tell that, you who you stop are. Stop that wanted, man. Stop that wanted. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, he goes, he, and then God says, you know what? I'm going to label you this. And then he be, and then he's specific about it, right? He goes, my son Myers, guess who you are? You're an evangelist. I'm going to make sure that everybody sees it and people see it, right? God calls me out through a book, right? I see a book sitting on my couch. This was two years ago, calling my name and I don't know where it came from or whatever the case is. And I'm like, and, and this came from a prayer that I, that, that the Lord told me that I'm this person and he's working me through that right now in my life. And I'm like, this book, what is this book? And then I asked my wife a couple of days later, I meant to ask her and I forgot about it. And then all of a sudden I come back home and the book is sitting out of the bag. And I'm like, okay, it's calling my name. What's the deal with this? And so I, I asked my wife, I go, Hey, Where'd you get this book from? Oh, let me tell you the story. And okay, there's a story behind this book. And she goes, yeah, such and such was going down and driving down Gallatin, Gallatin Pike. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit touched her and said, hey, you need to go into this book's a million right here. And she's what? 
So she's just obedient and goes into the books of Mimlin, right? And goes and she don't even know what she's looking for, right? And then all of a sudden, God says, that book right there. You see that book right there? And she goes, yeah, I want you to buy that book. It's like, why am I buying this book? And she goes and she buys the book, right? And she goes, okay, now that you purchased the book, that book, you need to give it to Ephraim. Huh? What? What's going on here? And all of a sudden, she she brings the book to my wife and the book is standing there. And then when I look at the book and she's telling me the story, I started breaking down in tears, right? Because I heard the Lord, and this is a story that I told Patrick, I heard the Lord clearly told me, he labeled me, he pulled me out and he called me. And you don't want to know what's the name of the book? How to be a modern day prophet. Mm. This is something that I prayed against and said, no, that's impossible, Lord. I am not that person. You're calling the wrong guy. And he goes, no. I put that book on the side over there for a reason. I used somebody that was unusual that you didn't even really know and didn't was just getting to know this person and getting to know their family. And I used her to go get a book. She didn't even know what she was getting. And then she purchased the book not knowing that I, I, she didn't know who she was giving it to until I told her when she got into the car. And ever since that day, God has been preparing me for that way. And I'll bet it yet, when you get a label from God, man, that's permanent. That's permanent because you're his child. Hey Amen. That's, that's awesome. And I've been listening to the conversation and just reflecting on lots of different things that I've gone through in my almost 67 years of life. But what I would say is that when we put these labels on us, and we oftentimes will, I'm th- I'll talk about myself. I've put labels on me that were, and I've identified with them that sometimes had good con- good outcomes and sometimes had negative outcomes. And sometimes they were good for a season and not good later on when that season ended. This was reminding me about is that who we are, how we identify ourselves, how I identify myself, if I focus on the things that I do, like you talk about your brother-in-law who's a soldier. I was a soldier for 24 years, but I can't be a soldier in the same way once they say you're too old. (laughs) you got to go. And being able to see myself and identify myself as something other than that soldier was a very difficult uh, thing for me to do. It took me a very long time to be okay with not being the soldier who puts the uniform on and goes to work for the army all the time, every day. We, I, I think there's a difference between identifying myself at, by what I do versus the more permanent identity by the relationships that I have. Mm -hmm. So when I I say that I am a father, Mm -hmm. I'm a father to my children, and that will be for the rest of my life. That's right. Even if, God forbid, that even if all my children should pass away before me, I'm still father to them. I am a son 
I'm a son to my earthly father and mother. My earthly mother passed away about 12 years ago. I'm still her son, and I still see myself as, as that, and I will always be a son. When we identify, when I identify myself in terms of relationship, it's more permanent. And I think that I'm, I haven't had any personal experiences that I would say, I'll say as a husband, I've been married now three times, and it's not a that's not a a source of pride. You know, I should, in my opinion, should have been married once and kept that marriage. That's the ideal. That's the ideal that God puts in His Word. But other than that, I would say that the relationship identities that I have been mostly positive. And that's why I think that what, when looking at to God's word, what that, what I have seen have been identities that were in relationship to God. I am a child of God. I am chosen by Him. That's just what was going on through my head, and just thinking about the times in my life that. I had a challenge with identifying who I was. And I think it's the relationships that tend to be more permanent and more positive than, than identifying myself as what, by what I do. I do photography. I'm a photographer. Okay. Some days I do that. Some days I don't. Now I'm now a retiree. I kind of don't like that. <laughs> But because I'd like to be more active, but I don't know. That's what was laid on my my heart when we were talking about these things, and I think we can. I, and I'm honestly forgetting exactly the the primary thing that we were discussing from the very beginning. But you know who we say who we identify ourselves as. There's so much. There's so much in this world today that that's distracting people and making them either identify yes. with a group or a cause yes. uh, that's destructive to themselves or destructive to others. I think yes. that it's always better when we can identify with the word of what the word of God says about us and about who we are in and through Christ. Yes. Can that's I read something real quick? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So when I'm looking at the verses that where God says who we are, there's not a whole lot of labels that he gives us, how we label ourselves, so many different things. I'm an American. I'm this. I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. I, I don't know. I'm an Armenian Calvinist. I'm a Buddhist or whatever. We got all these labels that we put on ourselves. And when we become a child of God, God doesn't put all these labels on us. But he says, First Peter 2, 9, he says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a, ho a holy nation, God's special possession, right. that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Mm -hmm. That's all you are. Mm -hmm. You're a chosen person. His royal priesthood, you are a priest. You're a royal priest. All right? And then you're a holy nation. So that means we're all under one blood. We're not all these separate different things. 
Okay. And then it says, for oh. God's special possession. The, the fact that, listen, yes. the fact that God calls me his special possession makes <laughs> no sense. That is mind blowing. Yes. I'm his special possession. Like the one thing that he loves the most, like he loves. And then it says, so that I may declare his praises of him, which is what we're doing now, because that's what we feel that we are. And he says, we can declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness. All of us have been called out of darkness. Uh -huh. Man, I'm a liar. I've been a liar. I've been a thief. I've been, I've hurt so many different women just in the way that I was and just not being the man that I should have been. Just lied. I lied about so many different things. Untrustworthy. Especially when I was on drugs, man. When I was on drugs, it was just a... I was a completely different person, man. Like the person that I was, like the person that I was before all that stuff happened, and that person disappeared. And I was just a vile human being just trying to scrape and survive to get the next hit, the next, not the next hit, but the next line or the next joint or whatever. I was just not, I wasn't in my right mind frame of stuff, man. I've been a father that just wasn't, that got angry too fast and didn't, ask enough questions, a husband that didn't take control of his family, like all these things that I was, this darkness. And he goes, but he called us out of that darkness into his wonderful light. And the thing about light is that it doesn't matter how much light there is, as long as there's a little bit of light, a pinprick of light, darkness cannot be where that light is at. It can never happen. So if you just take like a if you take like a flashlight and put it in a dark room, the darkness can never overcome. It can never be so dark that it blinds out the light. But that light always illuminates whatever is in that little space that it can reach in that darkness. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work the other way around. And so when he says he calls into his wonderful light, he's a light of the world. Mm -hmm. This is who we get to be. We get to be that much of a beacon that like wherever we go, we bring that light, illuminates the world. That's right. Around us. That's what he called us into. He called us out of that darkness, put that light in us, and now that light can't do anything around us. He can't. Mm -hmm. That's who we are. That's That's just so mind-blowing in that one little verse, man. So it's just, yeah. I'm going to tell you something, man. There was a whole, look, look, you wrote this devotional, man. I've been telling you for years, man. I've been telling you for years, man. Just, just, I've been collecting your stuff. <laughs> Praise God. I have a bunch of other stuff. I some you have, that I don't, I've been yeah, I've, I've collected years. some and some other ones I have not. So <laughs> some of the ones I'd be looking for, I'd be like, I remember I wrote something about this. Yeah, man, I collect man, I them and I put them it. in my Google Drive, oh, man. <laughs> One day it's going to be yeah, something that's going to help a lot of men and a lot of people. And you know, I think, and you know I what's crazy? What's crazy is that and the other day when we met a brother, right, at the men's group, I was, I was feeling a certain way, but nothing that would overwhelm me or anything because God's God is in me, and I always, I'm always praying and rebuking stuff because the enemy is always trying to throw something at me. And um, so I, I'm pulling up to men's group and I'm pulling up 
get into the girl driveway and then I see Patrick and I see Jeremy and I see another brother there and I'm like, ha. Huh. I'm like, and God's already telling me that's this person. He already told me his name. He's like, this is this person. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, all right. I said, we pray for this brother. So I walk up, I go, what's up, Jay? Give him a hug. What's up, Pat? Give him a hug. And then I caught the guy off guard and I said, I called him by saying, what's up, man? Been praying for you. Boom. Pulled him over and he was like, <laughs> yeah, he was. He didn't know what to think of that. He was like, what the heck? He says, what is all this joy <laughs> that I see? <laughs> That's right. What was his words, though, man? His words was like, I, I want to have that happiness mm-hmm. like you guys. How yes. do I have that kind of happiness? How do I have it? That's what he said. He wanted it because he saw it. And that was the Holy Spirit itself. So it's not much you can say about that because we can try to edify ourselves by ourselves and nothing comes of that. But when it's edified by other people, (laughs) that's how you know God is in in you. And it's illuminating that love that a lot of people don't see. And when they see it, they're like, whoa, (laughs) they're blown away by it. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Insane. Hey, wait, man. There's Carlos. Carlos is on here, man. We're gonna get this dude to be talking one of these times, man. Carlos, how you doing, man? I'm great, man. I'm doing good. <laughs> well, I hope Carlos can hear us at least. Uh, hopefully, he can. <laughs> man, brother, I'm glad you're here, man, and you're listening. Yes. I want to let you know, man. I love you, man. I've been praying for you too, man, and stuff like that, man. It just, just. Love you. Love you and your family, man. That's right. A lot of joy when I see them, man, and stuff like that, man. Hey, t- tell your wife, happy Mother's Day. I know I didn't see you guys yesterday. I'm sure you yeah. had other plans and stuff like that, but happy Mother's Day to your wife. And yeah. hopefully we happy get Mother's to see you Day, soon. man. Better know. Read this, read this verse out of Isaiah 43, and then we can go ahead and, go ahead and close it out. As we're coming closer to the time, we'll probably be a little bit early today. Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 7. But now, thus say the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And although the rivers, and all through the rivers, They shall not overflow you when you walk through the fire. You should not be burned, nor shall the flame kindle on you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Serbia in your place. Since you you were precious in my sight, you have been honorable. I have loved you. Therefore, I give men for you and people for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even everyone who is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. 
and I have made him. Now, that right there in itself, I've redeemed you. I've named you. I have pulled you out of Egypt. What more can you say on what God is saying here in this particular passage? That we are honorable and we are loved. He's labeled us, as you said, there's not many labels that God gives you, but we are redeemed. We are saved and we are precious in his eyes. And the thing, what's the thing that holds most value to God? Humankind. He bought us back, right? He had to send his only son to purchase us back because we were idiots. We did everything else out of the realm of God, thinking that we can be gods. God says, I'm going to send my son and I'm going to purchase you back because this is how much I think of you. This is how much I love you. You're precious to me. I named you before you were born. And man, that in itself, who does that? Who does that? I got one more verse for you, brother. This is a, this is one that carried me. This is one that kind of set me this past year, around about, around about January, February, I ran into this verse and I've read it before, but it didn't mean anything to me. But like now I'm in this different, I was in this different place in my life where God was just reforming me into something new. This verse hit me hard. And this one is John 15, 15. It says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. And I heard you hear that verse from this, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. So I sang that song so many times, but I didn't actually really pay attention to the verse behind it and like the depth of what that means when he goes, I no longer call you servants, even though we are. We can we are those things. But he goes, I don't even call you that. He's because a servant doesn't know his master's business. And what is his master's business? He goes, Hey, go and make disciples. Love your neighbor as yourself. He doesn't have a whole lot of rules and love the Lord God with all your heart. So he doesn't have all these rules that you're supposed to do as a servant. He's that's my business, man. Go and tell everybody else about me. Um, go and tell as many people about me, making other disciples like me, loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And, and not loving me with all your heart. And and he gives us the blueprint because he's my friend. Just like with you guys, you and Dennis and the guys that are in this group and stuff like that, that are my friends. If I have something going on and they need help with something and say, for instance, I know how, like you said, your refrigerator is out. I know how to fix your refrigerator. Then as your friend, I would give you the instructions or come over and help you do it. Help you fix your refrigerator or give you the instructions on how to do it. I wouldn't do that for just anybody. But as a friend, that's something that I would do. And just think that God does that on a whole other level with his grand plan for eternity. That's what's crazy. He goes, this is, you get to have, let me give you my plan for how to affect eternal consequences. This is how you, this is how you 
overcome the darkness. This is how you become a light. This is how you become salt. This is how you love the way. This is how you do things greater than me. Let me tell you the plan. That's just mind blowing to me. That he gives us stake in eternity. Man, that's crazy. Bro, I love this one. This one would, this one would, I love the, all the ones that we've done, but every time we do it, I feel like it's this powerful man. And E, man, this was a good one, man, brother. You, Praise you, God. You laid this one out really good, man. I'm, I'm glad that you let God speak to your heart in this way. This one that Praise you wrote, God, though, man. You give all glory to him, man. It was a banger. All glory to him, man. <laughs> it was a banger, man. Thank God, man. Thank God. I have nothing to do with it. I, did, I needed that today. I needed that today, man. I need to know. I know who I am, but I still need someone to tell me every once in a while, man. You know what I mean? That's for sure. We yeah. got to remind him. We have to always be reminded, man. And and when he reminds you, man, he's okay. I remember, Lord, because this mind be playing tricks on you, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 It does. That's why you, you got to renew your mind daily and and get every thought captive. Let him refresh your mind and tell you who you are. You go about your day being that person that God has called you to be. Sometimes we don't like to. Sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes there's somebody, oh, I got to see this person today. I'm like, God says, I love them as well as I love you. Yeah. Be nice to them. <laughs> be Here's your label. Be that friend that they need today. So as uh, we conclude this, the pit, as we are consumed by his fire this morning, we thank you, Lord, uh, for filling us with your word. And we thank you, Lord, for bringing this word that those that hear it can know that they're cherished, they're loved. They're saved, they're redeemed, and there are your precious one that you call out and pull out of a bedrock of mud and mire and all these nasty stuff. You pull them out and said, this is mine, which is us. So after we conclude this podcast, I thank for thank you for Dennis and Patrick and Carlos being on this on this podcast, and we just thank the Lord for uh, bringing this word today and and edifying his word uh, through us uh, that we may go out there and share with others as well. And those that listen to it, that would permeate their hearts to uh, share the word as well. So I thank you for this time. Thank you, gentlemen, as we sign off. Be a game changer today. Be the light that illuminates in this dark world. All right, so let's close out in prayer and, and tackle on today. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this word that you've given us, Lord. and. We thank you, Lord, that you always come true and correct every time, Lord Father God. I pray that this word would uh, permeate the hearts to hear it, Lord Father God, and to know, Lord Father God, that they are loved and cherished, Lord Father God, and, and they're ambassadors and co-heirs to the throne, Lord Father God. I just thank you for this day. Bless, bless Patrick, bless Dennis, bless Carlos, and bless every man that hears this, Lord Father God. Let them tackle on this day knowing that you go before them to clear their path. And to get him through, Lord Father God, let us be bold to preach the good news to those that are around us, Lord Father God. And most of all, to have a word of knowledge for those that need it or just a hand touch and a prayer for them, Lord Father God. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for using us. And, and we just love you, Lord Father God, for who you are in our lives. We give you the praise, the glory, the honor. Your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen, Amen brother. Amen. Amazing. All right. Love you guys. And love for you all you other men out there, man, we love you guys. We love you guys too, man. And just keep your head up. There'll be a a 
number in the description for this podcast for you to be able to get a hold of us at any time and leave your prayer requests and or if you want to come on and, and share your testimony. Again, we love yes. you guys and let's put our armor on and, and go to war and fight together, man. Pull each other out of these pits. Thank you, E. Thank you, Dennis. 